I'd probably first go back to, to purpose and, and why that's so important. When, when everyone in the company knows, you know, when they hit the door in the morning that, that our purpose is to attract and retain customers, I think that affects how, how a telephone is answered in, in, in customer service, the smile that might come through that telephone line, how our claims folks will, will interact with a customer, our credit department, so on and so forth. Welcome to the Explore Home Podcast, where we navigate design trends with industry leaders and insiders, interior designers and influencers who inspire the way we design furniture. I'm your host, Neil McKenzie, Director of Marketing from Universal Furniture. Let's get started. Recently, I had the chance to sit down with Jeff Sheffer, our president and CEO. We had a great conversation really about Jeff's history in the industry, his 10 plus years here at Universal, and some of the changes that have taken place over that period of time. Let's take a listen and learn more about what Universal is working on, some things that we know we need to improve, and some things we think are working pretty well. Let's take a listen. So Jeff, well, thanks for joining us today. We're excited to have you here and uh, wanted to kind of go through some things and, and share some of, I think, your experience in the industry as, as well as uh, here at Universal. Can you start by just talking a little bit about how you ended up in the furniture industry and, you know, um, maybe kind of take everybody through a little overview of, of your career? Sure. Uh, well, when you've been at it as long as I have, <laughs> it's not a... It's not going to be a quick overview. Uh, I graduated from Miami of Ohio in 1978 and uh, went to work uh, in Miami, Florida for a department store, a federated department store called uh, Burdines at that time. I went into their uh, executive training program and they asked you after about two weeks, what area would you like to be in? They then told me I was going to be in the furniture department. And my idea of furniture at that time was just a bunch of sofas and chairs lined up in rows. And frankly, I thought my career had ended before it, before it had started. I quickly took to the industry. I enjoyed the business, but I enjoyed, uh, fair to say, I enjoyed the people in the business uh, more. I was, I was promoted out after, I don't know, a year and a half or maybe close to two years into men's clothing. And fair to say, I enjoyed that business more. I really did miss the people that uh, I had come to know in the, uh, in the furniture business. So from there, I uh, had the chance to leave the company and uh, come back into the industry. And I jumped at it. I moved to the West Coast and uh, I worked in an upholstery factory for a period of a year as the purchasing agent. It was part of my... Uh, indoctrination onto the manufacturing side of the business, the deal being after a year I would be put into the field as a salesman. Did that, became sales manager after several years and uh, got my chance to run a company at age 40, American Drew, which at the time was a division of Lad Furniture, later bought by uh, Lazy Boy and um, uh, had five years there and then about uh, seven and a half, uh, close to eight years at Stanley Furniture and then uh, came here to Universal going on 11 years now. So one thing I did skip, this is my second time here. I was here uh, in, from 1992 to 1996, uh, really the, uh, the heyday of the company. Uh, for, for folks like you who aren't that old, uh, Universal was really the first uh, import company of any scale to bring wood furniture into the United States. Our revenue when I left in 96, I think, approached about $450 million, and uh, the, the values were just incredible 
incredibly good. 30% uh, of the furniture came back because the quality was no good. Uh, but even the best merchants couldn't ignore the, uh, the, uh, the value. So you come back to Universal after being here uh, at a previous time, and, and I think, I know we've talked about it, but I think some fun things to share. When you came back, some of the things that maybe had changed and not changed. Yeah, so I came back after being gone 12 to 13 years, and uh, I think it's very fair to say that uh, spanned from 96 to uh, late 2008, uh, uh, what had really changed in the industry is, is where furniture was being made. Uh, in 96, as I said, said a moment ago, Universal was uh, w one of the few import companies uh, at that time when I came back upwards of 85-90% of all the residential wood furniture had, had gone offshore. So that side of the industry just changed immensely. I came back to a company that really hadn't changed that much. Uh, I remember walking into the showroom over on Uwari Road for the first time in 12-13 years, going into the, uh, the lobby and, and the art on the wall was the same art on the wall that when I had left 12-13 uh, years, years prior. So it was just sort of uh, symbolic or I guess indicative of the, the just one of the one of the ways the company hadn't changed. So you had you had uh, you were seeing things that were fairly you know as you mentioned there things were pretty stagnant or they were the same they, you know they were kind of treating everything the same and then a lot's changed in the last 10 years here at this company um, you know I think what what has kind of led to that the evolution of maybe of Universal? Yeah, well, we uh, we had to change because we were going nowhere fast. The first thing on the list was to really reinvent the product line. And uh, uh, we didn't do anything radical, but uh, we just kind of what, what we called at the time, sty styled the line up without pricing it up. For another $3, uh, you, you can, it's it's amazing, you know, how much better looking a chair you can, you, you can make. And uh, so, uh, we, began, we began that process in 2009, and it's been sort of a uh, labor of love over the last 10 years, reinventing the company, really. And I think, you know, one of the things I know that you've been, you, know, you, you state to any employee, any new employee, is really the, the mission of the company and how that mission um, kind of leads behavior, you know, or impacts behavior here at the company. Can you talk a little bit about that for, for folks? Yeah, sure. Um, be, before we get to mission, you know, we ask them, what do you think the purpose of our business is? And 98 times out of 100, you'll get, well, it's to make money. We give them another thought, and, um, and, and that is we think our purpose is to attract and retain customers. If you're able to do that on a consistent basis, I think only an idiot can't make money. Making money obviously is important. It's what per perpetuates the uh, business. So, so if our purpose is to attract and retain, you then step back and say, okay, uh, how are we going to do that? And 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 our mission really really involves three of the oldest words in in business or most overused words in business: product, quality, and service. We attract with our products, and and we we retain our customers uh, with our our quality and and, and service. And I think that that has really, you know, I think having everybody focused on that, I think we see, you know, the different components of uh, whether it be marketing, sales, customer service, product development, everybody kind of thinking like that. Everybody gets on the same page. It impacts the experience one has, whether that be, you know, physically in our showroom or, you know, through our website or, or through calling in to, to customer service. And I know one of the things that we've been striving uh, to be is, is the easiest company 
you can transact with. Uh, you speak to the sales team a lot about that. You know, what what does that mean to you, and, and why is that important? Yeah, well, I, I would I would probably first go back to to purpose and and why that's so important. Uh, when when everyone in the company knows, you know, when they hit the door in the morning, that that our purpose is to attract and retain customers. I think that affects how, how a telephone is answered in, in, in customer service, the smile that might come through that telephone line, how our claims folks will, will interact with a customer, our credit department, so on and so forth. So, you know, for me, it's all about working and, and, and for, it's, it's, it's about working backwards from our, from our customer. When we develop product, we, we try and think backwards from the ultimate consumer, right? When we're doing business with, with our customers, who is not the, the ultimate consumer, we, we try and think backwards from, from them. And, and you know, I, I know what kind of companies I like to do business with in my personal life. And, you know, I don't, I don't think this really is, should, should be any, any different. You treat people as valued customers. You, you, you treat them right. You try to do the right things. You're, you're not 100% perfect. You know it. I'm not sure that we're, we're there, but you, you don't get there not trying to be the, the easiest company to, uh, to, do, to do business with. In, in, you know, nobody's perfect. I, I think, you know, we would allude to the fact that, uh, you know, we're not perfect either. Uh, there's, we're always trying to work on new things. In your opinion, as we kind of go into, you know, you know, we're almost towards the end of the year, uh, what are the things you think that we need to improve on? Many things, uh, probably. I think, you know, if you, if you have the mindset that uh, we want to be better next week than we are today, better next month, better next year than we are today, et cetera. Things like our, our website, which is never done, never complete. It's a, it's, it's a work in, in process. Uh, you know, is it easily navigated by the, uh, by the consumer? The iStore that we are in the process of, of developing, is it, is it exactly what our customers are, are, are looking for? Is it, is it easy for them to, you know, a 25-year-old, a 30-year-old can get around pretty good in some spots, but old, old guys like me have a, have a little trouble from time to time. You know, is our, is our claims process as efficient as it, as it should be and can be? So I think it's a, it's a whole host of things. Uh, the product line can always be better. That said, you know, we, we do a lot of things right. Uh, we have some 1,800 SKUs in the line, uh, which ship uh, on average uh, in, in just less than, than 10 days from re receipt of order. Uh, uh, the quality of our product, while certainly not perfect, um, uh, is not anything that gets in the way of our of our doing business. You know, we get we get pretty high marks. Our customer service department gets gets high marks, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I think looking to constantly improve, you also don't want to bite off more than you can chew. You kind of want to, you know, chip away at certain things. You can't do everything. You can't change everything in a day. You got to pick your spots. I think. Um, you know, one area that we are changing uh, as we exit the year is this transition to Vietnam. Um, is there anything you'd like to share on that or, you know, just with our customers or, or you know, uh, constituents, if you will? Well, the, the, the goal uh, would be that it's, it's totally seamless. Uh, I've been around long enough, I think, and I'm not that naive to, to think that it won't be, frankly. When you think about moving the, the number of SKUs in, in our line uh, from not just one 
factory to another, but from one country to another. We expect some, some bumps in the road. Um, uh, that said, it's not anything that, that our company has not done before. When, when Universal was acquired by Samson Holdings in 2001, the product line at that time was moved from various factories in, in various countries uh, to China. Um, uh, not seamlessly, but in, in a way that it, it didn't get in the way of, of doing business. You know, we've had a lot of things happen, you know, just in terms of Universal's uh, place in High Point, what have you. And I know the showroom uh, is definitely a labor of love and, uh, and one that we're uh, looking to always make little uh, tweaks to. But can you talk a little bit about kind of the showroom experience for our customers, why that was important uh, to you? Um, and, uh, you know, what are those things that you think um, help hopefully, you know, set us apart or, or make for a good experience? After we acquired the property at uh, 101 South Hamilton, the building at the at the time housed 42 different showrooms. It was obviously empty when we took it over. We uh, began the process of gutting it and uh, at that time sat down with the architects and the showroom from from everything I heard kind of had this this reputation as being sort of cold and distant and people would walk by it on the street and weren't really sure it was even a showroom. And uh, so we, we in, in in laying the showroom out, working with the, the architects, it was how, how do we make this the best experience for our customers at market? You know, the, the, the idea being how, how do we just make this hands down the best market experience for anybody, you know, cut, cut, coming to High Point? And the first thing we did was blow a 56 foot hole in, in the side of the, the building, exposing it to the sidewalk and the street you know, more or less so people could see in and see that there was something going on uh, inside the building. In our cafe, we have outdoor covered dining uh, exposed to the uh, to the sidewalk. And we have covered on the inside. Uh, if we overspent anywhere, it was probably on the bathrooms. You know, I've been trying you and our marketing department to start advertising. If you got to go, you got to go here. Uh, they, are, they are not just the nicest, but uh, I'd, I'd bet pretty good money that they're the cleanest bathrooms in town. It seems like a goofy thing, a funny thing, but it's, uh, it's, it's important to people. So somebody was looking to cut costs and go from double-ply to single-ply toilet paper. And they said, well, what, what the heck would you do that, do that for? In their research, they had, we, they had found that that's why women uh, went to that particular store and it was a coffee shop, I guess. And uh, so the first thing I did when I got back was to inquire, are we, are we using double fly <laughs> toilet paper? I found out we are. Then you had the, the, the crazy idea last market in our designer's lounge of, of putting a beauty bar in. And I, I said, what's a, a beauty bar? And you explained it to me. It was going to be two chairs, a mirror, a lighting and we would have a couple stylists touching up makeup and doing what would you call it? Blow hair, hair, hair touch-ups, yeah. Hair touch-ups or blowouts, blowouts or something, yeah, something like that. we don't have the equipment for the blowout. As okay. I found out, I haven't had many uh, myself. Okay, yeah. yeah. So I thought that was the stupidest idea I ever heard of. And what do we have? 242 half-hour appointments that were all RSVP'd. Pre-booked. Yep. Pre-booked two weeks before yep. last market. Yep. So mm -hmm. more proof that uh, I'm not always right. <laughs> Seldom in doubt, but, you know. Well, it's kind of a show, too. I mean, it is a, it is a trade show, but I think part of that um, market experience is trying to inspire. And, yeah. and uh, you know, I think we certainly try to do that. Um, and we do have the nicest bathrooms, I think, in, in all the town. So, <laughs> so you've, you've kind of 
spoke a little bit about you know just kind of how how you've evolved from a career standpoint in the industry. You know, what what do you think the industry needs to be more aware of as the consumer evolves? I mean, there's all different ways that somebody can shop now. Maybe too many. You've been in the industry. You know, you've had a as you mentioned, a I've long been in the career, industry 800 years. Right, 800 yeah. years in the industry. Yeah. Um, there's been a lot of changes. You know, what are the what do you think are some of the things the industry needs to be more aware of as the consumer continues to evolve? Now, I, you know, I think in, 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 in my career, which spans now a little better than 40 years, I, the, the industry has always evolved, whether it's on the manufacturing side or the, the retail side of the business. You know, I think the, uh, this millennial generation is uh, unlike any we've, you know, encountered uh, thus, the, thus far. Uh, they've all grown up on a telephone. And, uh, you know, if their Wi-Fi is not, not working, the, the, the world seemingly comes to an end. But I, I get a lot from uh, uh, my three daughters, just listening to them. You know, where, where they're, they, all, they're all millennials. They're all millennials, yeah. You know, I, I listen to where they, they do their grocery shopping, you know, where the restaurants they eat in, the, you know, where they buy their clothes, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, and, and for them, it's, it's, it's about the, the experience. I think if, um, if and, and we certainly are on, on our end, whether it's, you know, just doing business every, every day or, 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 or what we you know, try to provide for our customers at, at, the, at the market, the way of a market experience. I just don't think you could, that, that can be underestimated. Um, you know, it's, it, you know, product is king, that's for sure. But uh, with, with this, this younger generation, you know, so too is, is, is the experience. Yeah, yeah, I think those, those touch points definitely add up, especially when you speak to, you know, different segments of the, the customer base. There's certain things that you may not really think about and they end up being this unbelievable, you know, differentiator, even two-ply. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, you've obviously, you know, you've had a, and, and continue to have, uh, you know, a big impact in terms of what, what happens here at Universal, but what are the things that you've really enjoyed most about maybe the industry or, you know, looking back, kind of being reflective over the last, you know, 10 plus years here? What are those, what are, the, what are some things you feel like, wow, that's, that's cool, we, we got that done, or we did this, or I really like this about this? Well, for, first of all, the people you work for is pretty important, and I work for uh, uh, both Samuel and and and, and Grace, um, our chair and vice chair of uh, Samson Holdings. I've got uh, have a working relationship uh, too with uh, Mohammed Amini, who is our executive vice president, and they've been incredibly supportive. You know, they're very entrepreneurial, which has allowed us to run this business uh, in, in, in much the same way that uh, if something passes the logic test, you know, we get the, 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 the go-ahead. And uh, so, um, you know, it's, I think it is, it's that, that in itself has helped to accelerate the, the reinvention of this, of, of the company, uh, you know, over, over the last 10 years. It's just, I don't know, to, to take something that's, one way and you have this vision for what you want it to be and to kind of, you know, we're not totally there yet, but, you know, we're certainly well on our way. Um, uh, you know, it's very gratifying. And um, this, this is, look, I've, I've been very fortunate uh, all stages of my career, but I think this has been the, you know, the most gratifying uh, 10 years of my career. And at, and at, you know, 64 later this month, it's, it's still a, pretty cool thing to, 
you know, get out of bed and, and, and want to come to work and to, to still enjoy and love what you do. You know, market, it's around the corner. Uh, we have a lot going on, uh, as we usually do at market. What are you looking forward most to this market? Well, and how many markets is this for you? Do oh, you know? come on. Let's not, let's not go there. <laughs> <laughs> what, what are we, what am I looking most forward to this? Market? I, I think probably this Miranda Kerr home, it's a step in a, in a, in a bit different direction for, for the company. And, uh, uh, I think the, uh, the the product is uh, is exceedingly fresh. Um, I, I would call it. Uh, um, I can't think of a better better word when I look at so many of the pieces. Just being pretty, uh, not necessarily over overly feminine, but just it's it's a it's a it's a very fresh uh, uh, product that uh, you know involving silhouettes that are you know familiar. I mean, this is not George Jetson furniture or anything of that sort but I, I think it's it's quite fresh and you know Miranda brought us uh, uh, that with uh, with her involvement in the uh, in the process so I, I guess if I'm looking forward to anything it's yeah you know just kind of seeing what the dealer reaction to yeah. to, to, to it's going to be I've shared the story of our first meeting with Miranda to some people um, you know just going into a meeting and having this deck uh, of ideas already kind of thought out, put together, it had been, you know, clearly kind of cultivated a few times, you know, how unique was that for you to kind of have an initial concept meeting where the person you're kind of sitting across from came in with a pretty clear vision, especially in a licensing sense where you could tell that they weren't just looking to, okay, I'd like to stamp my name on this here, it was more like, no, I really, I want to be a part of this process. You kind of talked a little bit about, you know, this market, really looking forward to, I think, unveiling, you know, Miranda Kerr Home, uh, a collaboration and a collection that we've been working on for, what, 18 months or so, maybe a little longer. I think it's closer to 24. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and it's gone by just like that sometimes. <laughs> but talk a little bit about kind of what you're looking, you know, when you go in, you know, this is a big deal, obviously, for us. Um, and, you know, we've put a lot of effort, um, you know, both financial as well as time, you know, energy, uh, you know, love. Um, what are, the, what are, what's your kind of take on somebody experiencing that collection for the first time? You know, what do you want somebody to kind of walk away and feel like, wow, you know? All the projects like, like this one are, um, they're, they're different, but, but, but what, what has to be common and, and, and the common thread that, that, that runs through all the successful ones is that, uh, they're authentic. Um, and whether you know Miranda Kerr or you don't Miranda Kerr, um, you know, when you see the product you have, if you know her, you go, yeah, yep, that it all fits. Or if, if you didn't know her, you go, okay, now I, now I know her now. This was a, a real collaboration. You know, Miranda brought, uh, and, her, and her team brought a lot to the table. She has, you know, a a good vision of, of, of what she wanted, um, like any collaboration or a good one, it's, it's, it wasn't without its, its occasional challenges. In, in the end, uh, um, you know, we've come away with something that uh, she's, she's very happy uh, with, uh, as are we. And that and would be exciting because I think see that reaction for people that, you know, either do know of her or don't know of her or kind of walking away of going, wow, this is 
it's it's also different for us. So yeah. Last question, and I know you know we we talked a little bit about this when we made this change. Um, you know, the company had been positioning itself good, affordable, smart design. Went through that transition after really we had styled up the product line to a point where we were much better than just being good anymore. And while that's certainly a core element of what we do. Um, kind of the ethos of maybe who we are had changed a little bit and we kind of moved on to this whole, uh, you know, this understanding of, you know, Universal Explore Home and, and this, again, we have all these things to kind of look at and see, but, um, you know, home is something that we talk a lot about, you know, we talk a lot about it with internally, we talk a lot about it with partners like Miranda, you know, just, I'm curious on, on your take, you know, what, is, what does home mean to you? Yeah, I, th I think home is a, it's a, it's a place you go back to, come back to, it's uh, it's comfort. It's you know being surrounded by family and friends. Um, you know when I think of think of home, I think of you know good times and, and just a, just a lot of memories. I, I, I think, but uh, I think more than anything, it's a it's it's a place you just you just go back to. I'm out of the country eight to nine times a year, and after doing it. For so long, uh, the first thing I think about when I when I hit the ground in China or Europe or, or whatever is okay. How many days till I go home? That's good. That's good. Well, we're glad to have you home here. So. <laughs> well, thanks for uh, having me, Neil. Well, thank you very much. Appreciate your time. Thanks for spending some time with us today. I've been your host, Neil McKenzie from Universal Furniture. Please don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and follow us on Instagram at Universal Fern. Attending High Point Market this fall, we invite you to visit us at 101 South Hamilton. Come for a smoothie or a cocktail and learn more about our new introductions, including Miranda Kerr Home. We'll also be featuring pop-up shops from Core Organics and Royal Albert, two of Miranda's favorite brands. And if you're in need of a pick-me-up, stop by the Designer's Lounge for a beauty bar touch-up or coffee. We hope to see you in High Point.